Now it's a very impressive gin collection of away now. Thank you very much, Darren. It's, it's about to be consumed over the next few months. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy times, crazy times. It is weird, isn't it? Yeah, Damn. yeah. Just, um, well, hey, modern technology, and we're all sitting here in, in each other's rooms. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that's brilliant. Good. Well, I know, I, I don't know the technical side particularly, but through our work, there's a piece of work we're involved in at the moment, which is migrating. Uh, an office in in Belgium onto a new site, and there's all these questions yeah. about right. We've got to put this, that, and the other up, and need some servers. But because of what's going on, Microsoft are struggling. They don't have the resources, the um, oh, RAM and bits and bits, or whatever the bit components are. They don't necessarily have all of them because at the moment they're completely maxed out. God, no. crazy. Yeah, times. We're actually we're actually migrating um, from Windows Seven. <laughs> To Windows 10, and um, Shh, don't don't say that was out of that's out of. I know, I know, I know. Oh, oh, has this been has this been podcast already? Aye. Is it? I'll bleep I'll bleep that bit out. I'll, I'll take that bit out. Bleep that bit out. Bleep that bit out. Bleep that bit out. No, we can't we can't talk shop. Can't talk shop. Well, <laughs> um, which is good. So, welcome. Uh, this is a good chance for us to have a, a conversation. I probably have to thank coronavirus because I'm not sure if Darren and I would have got our acts together if it hadn't been for that or have the free time to be able to do it um, apart from consuming yeah look, that, that's good so let, let's let's call this the beginning then of the first podcast that, that we're going to be doing um, together we have uh, myself David Turner that's your and Darren over here <laughs> And we have our guest today, Mark Hollywood. So, Mark, we're just going to get through some admin bits and, and then we'll get into a bit of a conversation with you. Yeah, look forward to it. That's yeah, all right. absolutely. So, so just say a little bit about what we're planning with the podcast. Yeah. So um, we're just, yeah. David and I are just a couple yeah. of friends. Uh, we love music, love to natter and talk yeah. about music. Um, I've been in and out of bands consistently as a singer over the years. Um, David's a fan of music in a big way, which we'll go into in a lot more detail over the course of it, I'm sure. Um, I think we've got a lot of music in common, I believe, David and I, but we've also got a real crossover of, of genres and, and a decade, really, I think. David's probably a decade earlier than me. At um, least, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not talking about age, obviously, David. No, no. A musical decade. Well put. Yeah. Well put. And we just recommend things to each other. I think we'll be doing a bit of that as well. Um, and also, we're hoping to speak to, in, starting today, hoping to speak to guests who are involved with the music industry or connected or fans or possibly bands, whatever it may be. So there's loads. And we're also looking to maybe get some feedback from you guys, from the listeners. Uh, anything that you think we should chat about or any music you want us to listen to and discuss, I think we're more than happy to do that too. Absolutely. So that's where we are. Brilliant. Thank you, Darren. Excellent. That's good. Um, and then a little bit more on the sort of the parish notices or the admin side of things. Uh, in our first episode, which is probably more of our pilot, we're learning our way on how to do these things. Uh, I did make reference to uh, one CD that was uh, handed to me by a good friend, Darren, uh, you're Darren, um, Cliff Douse. And what I didn't do is actually talk about what the name of the album was, what his name is as an artist or anything like that. 
Um, so hopefully we're going to get Cliff onto one of these podcasts in, in the near future. Um, this won't really work on audio, but I'm just showing the guys a picture of the CD that Cliff sent to me only a month ago, uh, pre, pre-COVID-19. Uh, this is this is Drin Earth Tales. Um, Cliff and I used to work together as a, on a Saturday job, but the uh, the association that we had was all around the music, and this is something that he's produced. So we're talking many years afterwards. But he's been in and out of the trade, um, either doing music himself or working on lots of different magazines. Uh, I, I have seen a couple of books where he's provided tabs for guitar, bass guitar, uh, and there's forwards there um, from Mark King in one of them, Ted Nugent on another, all sorts. And what I was showing Darren last time, or no, I think I might have shared it on on Facebook, it's in fact within the credit notes he has given uh, my friend Cliff here some thanks to a lot of people I recognise some of the names on here who have encouraged him over the years. And I'm not going to try and show this on to you guys over the web, but the first two names on his thanks are Pete Townsend and Mark King. Good guy. So that's good. Impressive. And me, yeah, and impressive. a little bit way down the line, which is good. But um, that well, I just bought the hearing. Yeah. Well, we'll share that. Uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll find out from Cliff if he's got some links as to where people can listen to that, so that they yeah. can listen to it for themselves. Uh, and then probably yeah. the last thing just to mention, Darren, in terms of uh, for listeners, if they want to make comments, is we have a Facebook page. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we'll be we'll probably be extending to other forms of social media, but we started on Facebook. And the easiest way, I think, is to search for Daz and Dave. That's D-A-double-Z on Daz and an ampersand. So Daz and a little squiggly and sign. Daz and Dave, conversations in music. And that should give you a link straight to, well, the SoundCloud at the moment. Yeah, and then we'll look to try and maybe put it on iTunes and, and other formats so other people or more people can begin to listen to it. So I think now we can move on to the, the proper part of the conversation. I'd just like to tee this up before we can let Mark loose. Um, last year on on both Facebook and Twitter, I very nerdily uh, produced a list and shared the top 250 out of a list of 800 albums. And towards the end of last year, or when I got near to the end, I had a little message from Mark. So Mark, I'll ask you in a minute to give us some more details about this from your side of things. But you you messaged me asking, could I recommend 100 albums? Because you're you're starting or you're going to be building your record collection, uh, which is great. And first of all, I was humbled to be asked a question like that. And then also thought, well, wow, that's a really big ask for one person to come up with a recommendation of 800 because it would end up being very personal. Um, Darren and I have been talking about putting together a podcast and then it hit me. We need to build the Hollywood collection and it, <laughs> and it starts here today. So uh, we're at the end of, of our conversation. What we'll do is we'll talk about um, albums. We're going to ask you to put your first selection in there, Mark, and then Darren and I will give you a selection as well. So we'll be 3% into that list by then. Excellent. <laughs> Look forward to it. So, yeah. So, look, Mark. Welcome. Thank you for coming in uh, 
to us today. That's been great to have you here. Um, you and I go back to uh, early noughties, I think it is, something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I remember we had a few conversations about music, probably in the pub, over at Guinness and, and with other people. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose what I can't recall, or maybe we never really had the conversation, is what was your... Actually, what, how did you get from, as viewers may, or listeners may detect, yours isn't the most Scottish of accents, so you, you managed to get from... <laughs> From Northern Ireland or Armagh over to, to Scotland. So how did how did that happen? Yeah, so that was back in '93, and uh, back in the days, you know, you do your levels and you apply to various universities. And I think it was my mother the threat the threat of well, Mark, if you go to Queens in Belfast or you go to UCD, you can come home every weekend and I'll <laughs> do your washing. <laughs> and I thought, no, no, we've got to get a bit of water between the two there. And uh, I applied to Dundee because my cousin, uh, well, she's my second cousin, uh, Noelle, she was doing dentistry at Dundee. And uh, and she said it was fantastic. So I decided to apply to Dundee and uh, got an offer. That was it. I started like, doing accountancy, believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. And I, I bored the backside of me. So uh, <laughs> I ended up doing something slightly more interesting. And uh, yeah, I've been here ever since. Can't find the road back to Stranraer. That's it. <laughs> I thought, we, I thought we were going to say you went yeah. into dentistry like your second cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like pulling teeth with me sometimes. Uh, that has uh, been said. Oh, no, yeah, so, yeah, so I've been, I've been here ever since. And, uh, yeah, lucky enough to, to meet your good self back in 2002. I've been in banking since. And uh, I, I, I just love that um, you and Mr. Alan Jones have a great punch on for... Uh, for music, uh, I've started to get into the vinyl big time over the last, uh, you know, last several months, and yeah. I just thought you would be a great starter for ten. Uh, you and Darren hopefully could start you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how's the music scene there then? Well, it's it's great. I mean, I live in Edinburgh, and uh, I, I just. You know, we've got the fringe. Uh, so you know, every August we we bag a couple of weeks out on holiday, uh, go see everything, do everything, and uh, if you, if you want good live gigs at Glasgow and Edinburgh, as to Glasgow particularly, <clears throat> unfortunately, you know, due to due to uh, recent recent events and uh, you know the the situation we're living in right now, uh, I, I have gigs coming up for Christy Moore, Irish trad singer. Yeah, gigs coming up for Brian Adams. I'll say that. Uh, I'll say that quietly. Uh, Queen <laughs> in Birmingham, you know, and uh, it's all been canned. It's all been canned. So we're just hoping that they'll um, reschedule. Especially Christy Moore. I've seen Christy over thirty times. Wow. And uh, but I've never seen him at the Barrowlands. Yeah. And uh, he was due to play the Barrows in in April, but that's been canned as well. Christy's getting on a bit. I think he's about seventy four years old now. So we're kind of hoping that once the dust settles, he'll be back out in the road and we'll get to see him in the barrows again, you know? So, yeah. 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 Sounds great. And yeah. in terms of music, um, were, you, were you listening to music at home before you came over? Or is that something you discovered? Oh, Christy Moore, you must have been listening to that back home, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, where I come from, I come from Uri, uh, which is um, right on the border. So um, quite an eclectic mix. My dad was big into Elvis and Roy Orbison. Uh, my mum loved everything, absolutely everything. And I think I got that eclectic taste 
from my mother's side. My dad was very uh, down in the middle, you know, very quite quite old fashioned in his taste. But every now and again, he would knock on the door and he would say, "Oh, who's that?" And I, I was a massive Queen fan, I still am, huge Queen fan. Um, I big into I got into Zeppelin in my teens, and uh, and then a bit a bit retro uh, the Stones and the Beatles. But uh, I would say my biggest influence uh, would have been Queen, U2, uh, a bit of REM thrown in there as well. Uh, but Christie, Christie, I get into Christie. Late 80s, early 90s. Right. I was actually on the way back from a, a disco, <laughs> uh, Lacey's, on the on the border. And uh, we're coming back, and one of the boys put a cassette in it, and it was Christy Moore's Greatest Hits. And I, I, I just, I, I got hooked on the man straight away. Absolutely hooked on him. And, right. and to this day, I, I rarely go a day without, you know, playing a tune of his. Or, That's you know, fantastic. Coming a tune anyway. Yeah. And excuse my ignorance, but is he still around? He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I last saw him in Newcastle County Down, which would have been, right. it was last October. But I, I get to see him maybe twice a year, once in Ireland, once in Scotland. I've never seen him play in, in England, but I'd love to go to one of his gigs in uh, Liverpool. So, you know, where there's a big, you know, a strong Irish contingent. The Barras is the place to see him, you know. It's it's like seeing you two at Croke Park, you know, oh, yeah. or Billy Joel at, at the Giants Stadium or something like that, you know, or Yankee oh. Stadium. I saw, I saw uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and no, no, and his high flying birds there um, at Crow oh, Park. Yeah. But but I was just a bit off to one side with uh, friend Sean, and apart from discovering that the Irish like rubbing bald people's heads, is that for luck? I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I think so. I think somebody's taken the mic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that? Oh. Um, but the, because we're off to the side, the, the music wasn't the best, or the sound quality wasn't the best. Um, but, yeah. but seeing the peppers bouncing around, that was just good fun. On there, yeah. Um, the U two, you two, one of my most watched bands. Actually, I've seen them, I think, twelve times now. Wow. In Ireland, and I'd love to see them in Ireland. Fantastic! <laughs> I've only seen them twice. I saw them on the uh, the zoo tour and yeah. the pop tour. So that would have been ninety four and ninety eight. Yeah. And uh, the first time was at Croke, and the second time was at the RDS, uh, Leinster's home ground. Fant- fantastic. Probably <laughs> the best live band I've, I've, I've ever seen, I've ever witnessed. couple of the best tours there as well. You, you chose yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, really. Tours. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mr. Mr. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Was the was Zoo tour where they had those big heads? Mm. I think that was afterwards. Uh, they had... Yeah, the the, um, the old um, cars, Sherbans, yes, yeah. and they, they used to bash them round uh, um, uh, above above his head, and then they had um, what else did they have? They had yeah, Mister McFisto, he would come on in the middle of it all, and then on the pop tour they had a big lemon. That's they right. Come out of the, the big big lemon. The lemon opened up, and these guys, you know, they would walk out. Bono, though, I mean, say what you like about him. I mean, he has got the an ego the size of a, you know, a small, small country. You know. yeah, 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 a small country. Yeah, absolutely. He, he carries it off well. You know, he yeah. Like like my hero Mercury. Uh, you have to have that something special, don't you, to, oh. to play in front of eighty thousand people? Yeah, absolutely. You've got to have stage presence and the charisma and and an ego. Size. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
That's... What was that song? What was that song? National Express. Size uh, uh, in comedy. Yep. No, no, Hannon. Yep. Yeah. Vladimir Putin lookalike, I would say. Oh, <laughs> I see where you're coming you never, from. Um, he's yeah, normally... you never see the two in the same room. No. <laughs> well, like, Hannon's normally got a dapper suit on, hasn't he, as opposed to <laughs> nothing on his top half. <laughs> Brilliant. So, I don't think, going back to the lemon, I think the lemon had lots of technical faults on that tour. Oh, all right, okay. Five or six times at least when it didn't actually open and they had to sneak out with their tails between their legs around the back of the set. Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. it didn't always work, even with that sort of money. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it worked It worked at the RDS that night, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. And I've, I've, I've probably, I'm not sure if we had this conversation or not, but, you know, I saw them when they were a support act. Wow. Yeah, so, but that's because I'm way older than you. So. Goodness me, what was that? Seventy eight, seventy nine? Um, uh, actually, nineteen eighty when they came over to England with the Boy Tour. The Boy wow. Tour, yes, yeah. Was that the Alarm? Was it then? Did they play with the Alarm? Uh, I saw them play with the Alarm in eighty six or eighty seven. Um, okay. So I think that's one I told you about on the last episode. Is when yeah. we, when we had. Um, had a couple of them standing behind us, so so that was good. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Mark, you're right. That was that was long time. But what I liked even those days, he was already jumping down from the the stage and running up and down the aisles, and we weren't ready for it. That that didn't really happen. We hadn't had people jumping or or diving into crowds before then. But he certainly started a trend, and that that ego was was there, um, which made him and made them brought them to where they are. But what I quite like is when you know, I've worked in Dublin quite a lot now over the last uh, seven or eight years is that everyone seems to have a U2 story. You know, one guy I worked with, I mean, he'd know, um, he lived on the estate around the corner from Mrs. Evans. So I think it was a few years, he was a few years younger than, than the edge, but you know, playing football with his brothers and, and around there. So that's good. Or there's, everyone's got a little story. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. just like our way, Darren, right? With Muse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, local boys. Have you got... Did, that... you go, did you see that when they played in Timmer? Uh, in or the... was it like probably years ago? Yeah, I was working in Edinburgh at that time. It was two th- uh, another time. That was, yeah, about 2012, wasn't it? Um, when So they played on right. at the Den, didn't they, in Tinworth? Yeah, Tinworth. Not often we get... Big rock groups like that playing in Timber these days, is it? <laughs> Very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Have, you, have you got a connection? Uh, do, you, do you know someone relate who's worked with or anyone related to Muse? Oh, me? Sorry, yeah. you cut out a bit there. Um, no, not really. I'm only the fact that I saw them in the cavern in Exeter way before they were oh, even right. well-known. So they used to play in the cavern quite a lot. And um, we used to just go in and think, oh, they're all right. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to amount to much, but they did. Uh, the, we were wrong. The, 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 the only, the only um, famous people to come out of Newry uh, were, uh, uh, song way or music wise. Do you remember a band called The Four of Us? No, that's how famous they were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> they were the Four of and, Us. Uh, the, yeah, the Four of Us. They, they sang. They, they had a song called Mary, which. 
it just about get into the top 40. Uh, the only other famous person from Newry was Pat Jennings. Lived on the same street as my mum. Ah, there okay. you go. Bit of, tri- bit of trivia. Yeah, I met Pat actually a couple of years ago. I put the Spurs team. Probably Great six guy. years ago. Oh, you're a yeah. sportsman. I'm a, I yeah, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Good man. I yeah. saw I saw Pat at the uh, Port Rush. I had uh, I was lucky enough to get a ticket for Port Rush, and it was in the Lynx Pavilion. And he was sitting there, and of course, as always, you could never see his ears, you know, with that haircut. <laughs> yeah. And I I went over and I introduced myself and I said, "Oh, Pat, um, I'm from Uri. My dad played in the same Gaelic football team as you." And he asked what my dad's name was. He says, no, 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 no. And I said, I mentioned my mum. He says, oh, yeah, I remember her. And I was like, yeah, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> good. He's a, it was a good lad. He was a good lad. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Hands yeah. like shovels. Hands like shovels. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, sh- he shook my hand and my hand disappeared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, Mark, in terms of music nowadays, how do you consume it? So, you said that um, you said that you're getting back into vinyl, but presumably you've been listening to Queen, Christy Moore. Is that on CDs, on tape, on streaming? Yeah. First thing I did uh, when I got a turntable, I went to I went to uh, I don't mind plugging them. Um, uh, Richer Sounds. I went to Richer Sounds and they got me a, a project turntable so very very manual uh but german you know uh, german uh, technology at its yes. best it's and uh, i got this project turntable and I, I went out and bought the entire queen back catalog so oh, wow. um yeah i just i just went from from start to finish with um all, all of queen's albums i've got a couple of live christie albums as well most of, most of the stuff though I'm playing as a transition from CD right. to vinyl is 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 on Apple Music, you know. Right. So yeah. I, I do, you know, everybody has Spotify. I've got Apple Music, or I just watch it YouTube on the on the smart TV. But I, lo- I love um, you know getting the vinyl on. You can't beat it. You know, it's just something very well. It's it's obvious, isn't it? Tangible, you know, but flipping it from A side to B side, and yeah. it's almost like you you have to. Well, you want to listen to it, the entire album, because we're, we're quite fickle these days, don't we? We, we? we just flip from one song or one band or to the other so yeah. often. Whereas a vinyl makes you sit there and, and, and appreciate from start to finish the, the, the work and effort that went into something. And, uh, you know, off the top of my head, like Songs in the Key of Life, oh, see yeah. you wonder, wow, what an album. But you have to listen to that. I mean, it's two vinyls. Yeah. But once you once you put it on, you just you want it to keep going. You don't want it to end. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so for me, yeah. Sorry, mate. I was gonna say as well. It's the artwork as well, isn't it? It's holding yeah. the record cover and yeah. looking at it, getting a lyric sheet out. And with digital downloads, you get none of that, do you? Absolutely. Yeah. I remember going into Woolworths back mm. in the day in in Newry in, in the early eighties, and Newry was an absolute. You can bleep this out. It was an absolute shithole back in the <laughs> 70s and 80s, you know. Uh, you know, middle of the troubles. And this this beacon of musical light that was Woolworths, right in the middle of Hill Street, which is the main shopping area. <laughs> uh, thoroughfare in Newry. Now we've got shopping centres left, right and centre. But Woolworths was the place to go to. And that's, that's 
world right. level, my first album um, in '86. Oh. I was a late developer. I actually, my first single, and I keep this quiet, but uh, it was "I'm Still Standing" by by Elton John, <laughs> and I and I got it free with a voucher from Clark Shoes. <laughs> I'm just going to come back on something you're talking about. So I'm not sure how many people realise what it was like during the troubles when you went out shopping, not necessarily for for records, but even to go into the shops. Do you want to tell us what that was like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, a bit of a strange one. I mean, in '86, I would have been 13, and uh, Newry was one of the hotspots. Um, so you had Belfast. Derry, Newry, pretty much they were the three places that used to get a right, a right good tanking when it came to um, bullets and bombs. You just grew up with it, I guess. You know, it was it was all it, it was it was the norm. I mean, I I myself was witness to a few events. Um, eighty five and eighty six were particularly bad years in Newry, but you just got on with it. It's a bit like it's a bit like now. You know, we're all in lockdown, um, and it's. It's, it just takes a bit of getting used to. But I guess come April, May, if we're going to be in this for a long haul till like June, people get used to it and and, and you adapt to this the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I mean, my my mom and dad, if they were still with us, they could tell you stories about, um, you know, in the in the seventies, um, you know, my dad get, getting caught cross in a crossfire. I mean, I was I was in a a water bomb attack back in. Would have been '86, and uh, and, a, and a shooting actually on Hill Street as well. But you just got through it. You it weirdly got through it. But now that I look back at it, I think, Jesus Christ, how unnatural was that? You know, it just yeah. um, you know, you had soldiers on the streets. Um, you had curfews as well. Um, and but my mother said weirdly, she says, well. Paradoxically, it was it, it, paradoxically it was it was safer during the troubles because um, you had one kind of enemy, and, and that was either that was the terrorists. But there were no uh, uh, muggings or, 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 or uh, you know anything um, untoward when it came to the rule of law because it was very black and white. It was the bomb and the bullet and nothing else. Whereas you come over. To England or Scotland, um, you have, you know, muggins, stabbings, etc., etc. Yeah. <laughs> so, so weirdly, the troubles brought a, a, a strange peace to society. Right. You know, because it was kind of like them and us. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. You can't, you can't imagine living through it if you haven't lived through it. I mean, to yeah. me, to me, it sounds like the worst thing ever to go through, but it's interesting to hear how you put a positive spin on it, and I guess you had to. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you did. I mean, I remember once, uh, I would have been about, I think, yeah, I would have been 13, and uh, and we were caught in the middle of a mortar bomb attack on uh, the Belfast Road. Basically, they launched four mortars out of the back of a lorry, and they, they, they whizzed across. I was, I was at the music centre. I was playing second violin, as always, story of my life. Um, <laughs> And these these mortars whizzed over the the, the top of the um, the music centre, and they they were aiming for the police station. And I think three of them were they hit the target, and one went into the roof of the house. So can, can you imagine? You know, you're sitting there watching Emmerdale, and this <laughs> this, this mortar comes through your roof, and, and thankfully no one was killed or, or, or injured. You know, it's just 
and he walked out and they had the police uh, or the, the army helicopter you know with a big spotlight right and as kids we thought this is brilliant you know the middle of the night and it's like a big <laughs> bright spotlight and my mother coming down absolutely terrified that something had happened to us mm. and then you watched it on the 10 o'clock news at night and you're on the telly yuri's on the telly we're on the telly you know <laughs> uh, this this is like oh wow you know great crack but uh, yeah yeah you just adopted the situation just like we are now you know we're sitting here and thanks to modern technology, we're, we're sitting in each other's rooms, you know? Yeah. Right. yeah. Not much Emmerdale. <laughs> no, well, Jesus. Scarred for life. Scarred for yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how long that kind of lives in the memory, I guess, I guess for life. I was working in in Belfast for, for four years, the beginning of the noughties, and, or the mid-noughties, and uh, 2007, I think it was, I was on a project I was leading a project when I was working for one of the banks and I had to go and visit one of the guys who was working out there Mr Fairley that's you um, down to Newton Hamilton so got a taxi and this guy had a good conversation driving down from Belfast down to Newry and then hanging a right down and then off to Newton Hamilton and then as we've coming out sort of the, the Newton area he says uh, if I get stopped I'm called Sean and yeah. And I'm thinking, sorry. And then he explained to me because I think we're, is it White Cross that that's, it was the last White Cross, yeah. There was the last uh, attack, I think, that was was along there. King, so yeah, Kingsmill, the Kingsmill massacre would have been along there as well, oh. south Armagh direction. Yeah, a few mates. Uh, Kingsmill was horrific, absolutely horrific. But I remember my dad saying exactly the same thing. So we we were Irish Catholic, and my dad was christened William. Uh, more ridiculously, his middle name was Basil. So when when he pissed my mum off, she used to call him Basil from the kitchen. You know? and, uh, well, if he if he took a wrong turn, my dad used to do a lot of travelling, and uh, in in Uri, he'd be lame. Uh, uh, whereas if he took a wrong turn and went, you know, down down the wrong road in East Belfast, he'd be called Billy. Yeah. Jeez. So uh, yeah, yeah, they could usually tell by your name. If you're Catholic or Protestant, I went out with a girl. Uh, actually, a girl I went out with. Um, I, I took her to the RDS to see you too, and her name was Jennifer. Jennifer Kerr. Jennifer was a beautiful girl uh, from uh, as they all are. As they all are. No. Uh, she was. From, <laughs> she was from Banbridge, and Banbridge is Protestant, of course. Yuri's Catholic, but my mum would be petrified. I go up and see her every Monday night, and um, because my surname is. Yeah. You know, it's it's a bit a bit of a question mark. You know, it's not like Kennedy or O'Neill or something like that. Uh, I used to get away with it. Um, but when she came to Newry, it was like, oh, Jennifer Kerr. Kerr, oh, Kerr. Oh, where are you from? Banbridge. Oh, all right. Cards are marked. There you go. <laughs> and her dad, her dad was in the REC, and it was it was almost like it was taboo. I met her at, actually at Dundee University. God. And we never spoke about it until we got onto the boat. Because we, th- we never thought, you know, when we were seeing each other in Dundee, whether you know she could have been Muslim for all I, I knew, but as soon as we got on the boat, that was it. It's like, all right, you're off to Banbridge and I'm off to Newry, you know, yeah. and the parting of the waves. Different sides crazy of the stuff. tracks, right? Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. Good looking girl, both. <laughs> Must look her up. <laughs> <laughs> could be another listener. Oh, here, well, you never know. If she's out there. I'm hearing yeah. it. She's married with kids now, I think. I'm hearing yeah. of a spin-off podcast coming up soon. 
<laughs> Worse than ever deal. <laughs> um, have you got any connections at all? Just wondering, uh, apart from playing violin, but do you have any connections with the music world? That's a really good question. Um, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. I- I used to be well, I used to be quite pally with um, they, they were a trad band from Newry called the Sands Family, right. and they were they were big big in the seventies and eighties, and uh, I I, well, I didn't I just palled along with uh, I think a girl was called Kerry, but her her family were you know the Sands Family, mm-hmm. and uh, they they were big you know the whole folk and trad they were mm-hmm. massive, um, apart from that no real connections um, I think. It would have been more folk and trad back right. in the day, and uh, you know the only time Van Morrison came to Newry with them in 1968, my dad recalls. I remember my dad hear, hearing me listen to Van Morrison up in my room, and uh, my dad wasn't a big fan of Van the Man at all, and he's like, "What's that shite you're listening to?" And I said, "Oh, it's, it's Van Morrison." Dad, he says, "I know what's effing Van Morrison." <laughs> He said they used to they used to throw old hitneys at them in oh, right. town hall when they yeah. played. Yeah, like you remember the old hitneys? Yeah, yeah, big, big puppet yeah. things. Oh, and uh, yeah, they, used to, they, they fired them and Van Morrison off the stage in Uri, never to be repeated. But um, yeah, no, no real connections. My brother was is quite musical. You know, he was he was big into his DJ and he plays guitar as well. I I try to play. I I know about four chords. Right. And I played the fiddle and the and the tin whistle back in the day, but sadly, no, no, I'm more kind of like a, 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 consumer. a connoisseur of music now, <laughs> a consumer. Yes, yes, oh, yes, of good music. How about yourselves, uh, Darren? Hey, you, you've oh no, you go on, Darren. You've <laughs> well, what was I going to say? Um, I but talking about the DJing. Obviously, you mentioned DJing. I do a lot of DJing as well. Enjoy that side of it. I think David, an action I completely forgotten about that I should talk about really. But go on, David. Well, I was just thinking about your um, your sister-in-law. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, ex-sister-in-law, but she's still classed as that, really. But yeah, um, yeah, a lady called Sarah, who's a um, fantastic singer-songwriter. Um, kind of, what would you class it? I don't know what she classes as, but it's kind of. It's, I think you find well, so it's it's country slash Americana. Right, okay, yeah, very good. Um, it's got an album out. She's hoping to make a major breakthrough. Fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, she's doing really well. We're hoping to get her on here actually one day. She doesn't know that yet, but <laughs> um, actually, I, when when I'm working from home and and not on a call, I've got my trusty iPod Classic. Um, which has got eighteen thousand songs it shuffles through, and um, and uh, one of Sarah's songs came up the other day and just blew me away again. Every time I hear it, the first time, it, or every time I hear it, it's just great. So yeah, that's some really powerful stuff. Have you got any others? Yeah, you've got to give us yeah. a. Sorry, I give I give you the details of that one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, carry on, Mark. No, no, no. It's just I, I think it's I think it's great. People who naturally musical, it's, it's such a great, uh, if I was to come back, uh, I've always, I mean, some, someone who's big in my music life is Billy Joel. I'd love to play the keyboards, you know, you know, um, you know people who can just naturally do that, pick up an instrument and play it. It's, it's such, such a great thing to do. 
you know, and yeah, just to, to hear that sound or have you seen to, to attempt to emulate, yeah. you know, some of the have, you, have you seen Rocket Man yet? Yeah, excellent. There's that great scene when he's yeah when he's uh, goes to the uh, the Royal Academy of Music. I think it is. I forget what the name of the, the school is. And Darren, if you haven't yeah. seen it, he's he's like this eleven-year-old boy, and uh, there's there's the the woman who's going to be teaching him. She's playing on the stage, and she <coughs> asks him to show him what he can do. So he steps up on the stage, and then he just plays it exactly the way she did, but then stops, and she goes, "Why have you stopped?" And then he saw she looks up. We said, "Well, that's where you stopped." So he's never. He he just has the gift or had the gift oh. and still has the gift to just learn from ear yeah. and replicate it or replay it. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Billy Joel as well. I was lucky enough to see Billy Joel the tail end of last year at Wembley. The tail of. Yeah, fantastic. I, I, I was... Yeah. An artist I've always wanted to see and didn't think I'd get a chance, but I was really... Yeah. And we were right at the front of Wembley Stadium. It was, yeah, fantastic. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. I, I was lucky enough to get over to uh, uh, Boston last year for the first time in my life, and I went to Fenway Fenway Park. Oh, wow. And he 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 actually I think he sold out the last six years, five six years anyway. Fenway. Yeah. Had the chance. The tickets were cheap. The flights were cheap. <laughs> the accommodation was extortionate. The accommodation was just crazy. Um. But yeah. That, you know the way you talk about seeing U2 at Coke Park or whatever? Yeah. You yeah. see Billy Joel at Yankee Stadium or even Fenway Park would be just something else. Yeah. He's, well, I, he's well, still got it. He's still got it. He's late 60s and he's just brilliant. Well, this uh, last year we were with friends and um, the Billy Joel tickets had come out to go and see him at Wembley and I was poised to pull a trigger but suddenly thought it was going to be 100, 120 quid to be... Yeah. at the other end of the ground from where the stage was and suddenly thought no this is just ticking the box it's not really going to be the full experience you're going to miss out and pay a lot of money totally yeah yeah we were so lucky i've got a dear friend called claire who won them in a raffle and didn't actually want to go at all and she thought i know who will want to go darren's going to want to go so I was very grateful to Claire for that opportunity. We were, so we were sat just behind Chris Evans. So that's how oh. like, uh, good our seats were. <laughs> wow. They <Yeah>. are posh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. For one night only. Yeah. <laughs> worth a, worth every penny. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm the same, really. I, I, I'm not musical. I don't play, which is why I sing in bands, because I can't play. I've tried to learn guitar. Um it just doesn't work for me. I think some people are naturally gifted that way and some people can really work hard at it, but it's beyond me. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there a mate of mine, I remember um, we both first time round flunked our A-levels. We were too fond of them, um, too fond of the girls, I think, and too fond of playing footy and, and what have you. But we, we reset our A-levels and um, Colin, who's he, now, a, I think he's a heart surgeon in, in Belfast, and uh, he's a surgeon of some sort anyway, but he, he took up the guitar. He just took up the guitar, and he was just so talented. He, he brought back him and my pal Kevin went berry picking in Guernsey one summer, and he, he came back with a, a semi-acoustic guitar, and that was it. That was just him on the road to guitardom, and he'd sit there religiously every day 
playing. He started on Led Zeppelin, so not exactly the easiest of stuff. But uh, I'd come into his room every day, especially on a summer's day, on a beautiful day like this. And he just, you'd never see him without a guitar. I think some people find it and they just take take up to it naturally, don't they? And he, he was just a natural. And now yeah. he's a heart surgeon, devilishly good looking and plays a guitar, you know? They get so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so to pick up a guitar and suddenly start banging out Jimmy Page, you've got to, you've got to be doing all right. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> He mm-hmm. started showing off when he started taking. He, he was showing off when he took the bow out, you know, and started doing Days and Confused with the bow. That's good. So, Mark, we're, we're going to sort of move gradually now into the Hollywood collection. But for us, I suppose, just to, to be clear, Hollywood, where does that come from? Excellent question. It's, it's actually Irish Norman. And I traced it back when I was when I was at uni. My dad was convinced it was Welsh, and I said, "No, no, no, it, it can't, it can't be Welsh." It, it actually it originates in uh, South Dublin, North Wicklow. Oh, and if you look at the, um, the the population of Ireland, thirty-two counties, there are only three counties properly with a with a, a concentration of Hollywoods. Right. So you've got South Down, South Armagh, and kind of North Wicklow, South Dublin. And uh, the name Hollywood is anglicised from O'Cullionoy, uh, or, right. or Collins, or Coo Holland, that, that kind of linkage. And I found this all this out when I did a wee bit of research at Dundee University. And I was, I was very glad that it, it, it did trace itself all the way back to um, Ireland. And it's when the Normans, you know the names like Fitzpatrick, Fitzgibbons, yeah. Fitzsimons, so Fitz means a uh, bastard son of. Right. So Fitz, and I, it's like Mac or Mick, and and Hollywood as well. It was a like, like there was an influx of, of right. French folk, uh, the Normans obviously, and in the 11th century, and that's where it comes from. There's actually a place called Hollywood, as people know it in yeah. County Down, where yes. Roy, Roy McElroy's from. There's also a Hollywood with two L's in County Wicklow, and I visited it once, and they actually have. A Hollywood sign oh, on a hill. Get out! Get <laughs> they out! Do. They do. Of course they do. <laughs> I, on on my mum and dad's grave, they have a Hollywood sign. But the funny <laughs> thing about it is, it's tiny. It's absolutely tiny. <laughs> and I visited this place on the way back. I went down to Sally's Gap. So Sally's Gap is famous in films, and it's down in the Wicklow Hills. And uh, I was driving back up, and I thought, Joe, you know, I'm going to visit this place, Hollywood. Look it up. Google it after this. Yeah. Hollywood with two L's. And it's got a post office, it's got a church, it's got a couple of pubs, and that's pretty much it. And then I went into the graveyard and I thought, oh, maybe I'll find any some Hollywoods. No Hollywoods at all. Went into the bar, had a pint. Says anybody called Hollywood from here? No, 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 it's just the name of the place, son. No Hollywoods, just the place. Wow. Uh, everybody else was you know, O'Reilly and O'Neill and what have you. Wow. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's where it's from. There you go. There we go. Oh, so yeah. we're no well. Actually, we come back to you for the full definition. If anyone ever asks us again, what does Hollywood mean? Yeah. On I'll the... bore the arse of them as well. <laughs> this is going to be the beginning of your 100 album collection. Uh, 
Now, I know you've well, already got there, but if you were starting completely afresh and you're going to put a cornerstone album in there, what would you pick and why? That's a great question. I would, and I've mentioned it already, I'd put um, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Light. Smack bang in there. Good. And when did you get that? Oh, do you just want to wait? Best to wait a minute. Choose that one. Why do I choose that one? Well, I, I, I choose... I choose it because um, back in the day, I, I was I was once married uh, to a beautiful girl. They're all beautiful, yeah. And uh, she had a she had a record collection, and uh, I remember just sitting through it and thinking, yeah, that's not bad, that's not bad, that's not bad. Took a few Queen albums as well, and then I came across songs in the Key of Life. I thought I've never heard of this, and uh, stuck on side A. I thought, oh, hey, I know that one. I know that one as well because they've been covered so many times. You know, like as and. Um, uh, Pastime Paradise and then you know the, the more familiar tunes as well and I thought every single one of them start to finish is just mind-bogglingly um, brilliant you know they, they, I think it's not just it's the musicianship that goes into oh, it yeah. the depth it, you know a band can bang out an album but there's something very special about songs in the key of life everything's a story but there's so much depth uh, to the um the musicality of it all, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the fact that one man can produce something so brilliant, uh, and and with his, you know, with a lack of sight as well. What a talent! And, above uh, all else. And that was on the back of three classic albums in a row before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's brilliant. Absolutely well, right. Uh, Darren, have you got that? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, I found that one well some years ago now at a car boot sale for a pound when vinyl wasn't really um, worth much, and it's probably worth a lot more than that now. But yeah, yeah, it'd be about twenty-five quid now. Yeah, absolutely. But everyone should have that album in their collection. They should. Yeah. They should. Yeah. Nice start. Nice start. Darren, what about yourself? Have you come up with one? Yeah, I have. Well, I was thinking of, um, and for the sake of Mark, I'm going to show it to you now. But it's a band called The Flaming Lips. Oh. I don't know if you're aware of that one at all. Yeah, you're a fan yep. of that already? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I've chosen the album, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. And they've got, must be coming up to 20 LPs, I think, they've produced over the years. And if anyone doesn't know them, it's uh, Chuckle Wayne Coyne is a front man, a band from Oklahoma. Um, and I find they're extremely, David's got a copy as well, and he's showing us off. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're 20 odd albums, um, a lot of them I've tried to listen to and I really can't get into, can't get my head around them. I think some of their very, um, they evolve, they evolve a lot. They try out different genres, different fields, but Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robots is very kind of progressive. It follows a storyline. It's got some beautiful songs on there. Um, mainly, Do You Realize? Uh, that was probably one of their biggest songs they've had. Are You a Hypnotist? Amazing. And it's all about a little girl called Yashimi that takes on the world. Um, if you haven't heard it, I presume it sounds like you might have heard it, Mark. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, yeah, I to totally echo your uh, your words on that. Um, it's all a bit different. You know, even 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 the cover, the album cover is a bit different. And I, I, and I like that. You know, it's, you know, so often we hear kind of samey music these days. And uh, I mean, I couldn't tell you the top forty right now. 
couldn't mm. have tell you top 40 just I, I don't know whether I've consciously disengaged with it but some of the great albums you know like, like, like that uh, like Songs in KLA like Listen Without Prejudice George Michael they just start to finish you just don't want them to end that's how you can tell it's a great album you know you could sit there and just oh is that it is that the last tune you know you want to flip over for side three, four, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, that's when you know you've got something. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. I'm not trying to get into more LPs. There's, I, I do want to get into more. I've got a few, but this one is always the go-to. I'll always pull this yeah. one out. Brilliant. Have either yeah. of you seen them play live? No, do you know I haven't yet? No, have you, Mark? No. No, no, me neither. Quite like I'm to. Need to. That's your cue to ask me now. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, that's a really good go. question you should ask. Was <laughs> um, this in Iceland by any chance? Maybe it was in, yeah, definitely was in Iceland, in Reykjavik, <laughs> in the uh, Airwaves festival that they have every year. And they closed, I'm going to say three years ago, maybe it was four years ago. And I don't know if you're familiar with, with the format. So they have this wonderful festival over four days. Um, it's held in Reykjavik, which... It's 300,000 people, but it's it's a, it's well spread out. And they have um, two different types of venues. They've got the, the on-venue and the off-venue. So the off-venue might be, I've seen them play in post office, in pubs, in shop windows, in bars, in a museum, all different venues, uh, types of venues. And then they also have the, the main ones, the on one, and they've just changed the format recently. So um, there's a lot more of that. And what they do is they tend to have, or they try to have a large act that they finish off with. So could be could be anyone, but normally it's people from around the world. It had been up until now. And the, this one year they had the Flaming Lips and I think they had Drugs on War beforehand. So they had them and it's played in an indoor uh, football pitch. So you can imagine it's early November, so it's not the warmest, but it's also not, not that cold. And they just created this atmosphere, which was, it was one big party. And there's great big, huge balloons and fuck yeah, floating around. And it was just, oh, it's just wonderful. Everyone's there enjoying themselves, um, having a great time. And then I had to party. And as you said, sort of coin, he's he's always pushing and changing, but he knows how to work an audience. So yeah. in, in a, in a yeah. different trippy sort of way. Yeah, I, I judge a band on how well they play live and and there are very very few bands maybe i'm being a bit cynical a bit old here but very few bands can hold it together live and you know reading each other well obviously fundamental to that is what what they produce but you know great great bands that can captivate an audience uh are worth their weight in gold they really are Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. It's a chemistry, isn't it? It can't always be taught. No yeah. matter how many gigs you do, I think some bands can do it and some can't. But... Yeah, yeah, totally. And Darren, you'd be interested. That, um, sure. Uh, Seth, my son, had pulled this out to play earlier. So he was actually sitting oh. already on the top of the, the stereo there, ready for consumption. Oh, Jimmy, fantastic. <laughs> right. Good taste. Mark, I think you've got a bit of a French connection, haven't you? You enjoy going to France or your French oh, reading? Oui. 
the tongues on tongue. There you go. <laughs> Oh, oh, well, is that a link well, to your well. album, David? Oh, nice segue. <laughs> go, go on. Let's, go on, Mark. Is it, air, is it air Safari? No? No, oh. but it's an influencer for it. Ah. We're just going to gap that, are we? No. Is Jean-Michel Jarre? <laughs> don't know if they... Inf- um, so, going to go back even further than that. Serge Gainsbourg. Oh. So... Histoire de Melody Nelson, and I don't know if you've heard any of his or you're familiar with any of it. Um, no. So this is like a, a concept album. It's all around this uh, Melody Nelson, and if you get to listen to it, you'll you'll get to pick up lots of different styles which were later picked up and mimicked. So in terms of, in terms of influence, it's a bit like the Anthony Newley delivery. So he picked up from from it. Mm-hmm on there and i just made a quick note just to dig around a little bit so he was ahead of his time so he did have a quite big influence on the actual french rock music scene um but it's also then gravitated into trip hop um so the number of artists that have cited him as being an influence to him so it'd be the likes of pulp and beck um the stereo labs Michael Stipe, R.E.M., so artists wow. that, that you enjoy. Uh, and then there is a, a big air connection. They they really picked up a lot from him and his style. And there's a kind of nice circular piece on here is that they then ended up producing one of his daughter's albums. I don't know if you heard any Charlotte Gainsbourg oh. on there. So All right, Charlotte. Charlotte Gainsbourg, you'll recognise her. She's been oh, yeah, in some, yeah, yeah. yeah, on there. So, um, look, for me, I actually found it. They were selling albums or LPs in the hypermarkets when we were in France a couple of years ago. Um, picked that one up. I've been meaning to try and pick them up, but you don't find many of those around in, in the UK. So to get that was was great. And every now and again, that, that pops on. Very laconic, different style. Apparently, he was quite a diff- difficult person to work with, so um, you appreciate it for what it is, maybe not what, what it was like when he was making them. Uh, and if I forget, yeah. Yeah. so look, you've what got the name of the, um, that, that title, his, his Histoire de Melody Nelson. Uh, we'll put that up okay. on, on Facebook, right? Yeah, I'll have a listen. Let's start a list. I better, better show mine as well. Oh, look, he has, yeah. he has, he does have it. A nice one, well pulled out. <laughs> brilliant okay so what i propose mark is um as we go through and we speak with some other people we start building up this collection we'll maybe come back and have a chat with you in a while once we get to a landmark somewhere along the way maybe 50 or just to see what you reckon is are there any that you've listened to and have you picked any up um and absolutely and try and keep us on the right track i'd be i'd be honored Honor, David. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. It's been lovely oh, to chat with you, meet you. Thanks for having me, Darren. Cheers, mate. Uh, well, much appreciated. Really enjoyed it. Excellent. Yeah, so have I. Okay. Anytime you're down Devon Way, expect to see you. I, I probably need to get up to Edinburgh again, but that's not going to be for a while, clearly. I'm no. Definitely. <laughs> I'll, uh, when you're up, definitely pop by. Say hello. Will do. And maybe I'll see you at the reunion that we got. Later in the yes, year. Yes, God willing, yeah. That's on October, yeah. Yeah, that's us do that. You'll be tucking into his gin collection. Oh, yes. 
about to start now, I'd say. Yeah, it's it's ten o'clock. Yes, it's it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> guys, it's well, been great. That's smashing. And hey, okay. let's remember to be careful out there. Take care. All do you too. All the best. It goes on.